welcome to the podcast Psychodrama with Nomad Girl. It's me, Jansaya Ahmed Sadek, a nomad girl from Kazakhstan, and I do this podcast in a collaboration with the Psychodrama Association for Europe. In this podcast, you'll hear psychodramatists all over the world who share their experience and ideas. Our aim is to make psychodrama world closer. You can find the podcast on different platforms, such as Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, and others. If you want to hear more guests and stories, please support the podcast on patreon.com. The link is in the description. Your help means a lot. Hello, everyone. It's time to say that it is the last episode of the first season and we close it with a great guest from Australia. Have a nice time listening to it. Today we have a guest from Australia, Robert Brody. You're a trainer, educator and TAP practitioner. Also, I saw that you are acting director. Okay. Uh, So in the article of yours that I have read about supervision in your annual journal, you write that um, supervision is important part of your profession. Right, that you do. Um, so I'm interested. How many years have you been supervising now? <laughs> Are you sure you want to know? <laughs> um, it's an interesting question. Like just trying to think. I mean, I started off in 1973 training people in group work. I had done undergraduate psych, and I'd also, and at that stage there was no. Uh, registration of people working in this territory, in this area. And so some of the first work I did after I'd done some psych and I'd been in gestalt therapy groups and so on was training people and supervising them. So I guess I've been doing it since 1973. Wow. You can do the sums. Quite a long, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it very striked me. But I, I will, I'll, I'll answer your question a bit more seriously. I actually wrote my supervision paper in 1990. Mm-hmm. That was when I first wrote that paper okay. that you read. Mm. I see. Yeah, and what struck me in your paper um, that for me, it seemed you have some unique um, approach in doing supervision. You try to improve the personality of trainee by developing different roles as a director, right? And you use... Yeah. Um, social atom in supervision. So can you um, tell more how do you use social atom in supervision and what's your method? Okay, that's two questions, isn't it? Um, I think there's different views of supervision and there's quite a lot of writing about supervision and there's several main areas. What's the trapezium of supervision? So you've got knowledge about the client and the client's process and working with the client. You've got the development of the practitioner as another area and the development of the organisation they're part of as another area. And um, you've also got the relationship between the supervisor and the supervisee. So therefore 
distinct areas of work, if you like. So supervision isn't merely um, teaching somebody how to work with somebody else. It's actually working with a person so they can work with a very wide range of people. Overall, um, I seek to be able to be spontaneous enough to work with whatever comes before me. So that's something we're aiming to do. Because psychodrama, in my view, is a meta method. It's not a method that says you, you must behave like this, 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 and this, do this trick, this trick, this trick, and you'll go there. It's a much more holistic approach. And we've emphasized that very strongly in Australia and New Zealand. So you see the person as a constellation of roles, which emerge largely in the current social atom, um, as well as um, an embedded in a social context, as well as having their own inner psychodramatic world, the life of their imagination. Um, yeah. So Does that make am, any sense to you? Am I getting right that in when you use social atom in your supervisions, you do a social item of roles of a supervisee, or it can include all other roles as well. Social atom is a person, a group of people. At the moment, you're a significant element in my social atom. Mm -hmm. I warm up to particular roles with you, and I warm up to different roles with a woman I've been married to for a very long time. I warm up to a different range of roles. I've just had a session with a couple in another city thousand miles away in, in Australia and I warm up to a different range of roles with those people. So the social atom is the significant other people in your life yeah. and it includes fictitious beings like Father Christmas or whatever you like. <laughs> I'll go wherever people go and I seek to be able to meet them where they are but in a social atom it's all significant people in my life at the moment. And ideally, the social atom is balanced so that the range of roles that I have in myself get adequate expression. So there's some people I can play with, some people I can be clever with, some people I can sit very quietly. Um, different, different roles with different people. So, the, so there's the early social atom, my mother and my father and my two younger sisters and our two dogs and our 13 cats and so on. <laughs> That's the original social atom. And my grandma was very important to me. Um, and then at different times in my life, there have been different elements in my social atom that are very important. So for an adequate practitioner, do you know that it comes out of psychoanalysis, I think, the notion that the self the instrument of therapy, they'd say, is the self of the therapist. So unless you've done the personal work, you're not going to be able to work with others. You can go through the motions and you can run them through routines, but you can't actually get with them with a strong positive tally because um, there isn't, you're not capable of that tailored connection. You've got too many, the, too many old warm-ups are likely to come in as you get together with this other person. I see now. Yeah, I understand you. Um, so, so part of supervision, if I'm working with you in your practice and I see that there's elements of your personal functioning that are causing you 
difficulty seeing the other or um, being able to keep a positive tally with the other or whatever, um, then I'll invite you to focus on those areas. I think that's probably the bit you read about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's interesting approach because um, the supervision that I experienced until now is that supervisor more directs you in techniques. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> it's more uh, being spontaneous, being able to rise to whatever comes towards you with creativity and adequacy. That's what we're aiming for. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. you, and you do that both in private and group supervisions? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And of course, to do that, you need to have a group where people have a sufficiently trusting relationship with others that they're willing. So that's part of the work is to develop a group culture within which people are freer to express themselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, there was one part that I didn't understand fully. Uh, you mentioned doing a supervision while a psychodramatist is having his own client group. Yep. Um, is that really possible? Uh, you were writing about some risks that his clients may see him vulnerable because there is a supervisor who is like correcting him. Our training is strongly experimental. So most of the training that our trainees will undertake in both Australia and New Zealand is done in training groups where they are directing one another and getting supervision there. So if a trainee is directing and I see they miss a major cue, I'll just say, halt. We're going to focus for a bit, if you're willing, on your functioning and what you see going on over here. Yeah. And so you work with the, the trainee, you supervise them in situ. Now, I wouldn't do that with a person that I sat in on a session with their clients. I wouldn't do it because, I mean, I think I'm probably stronger in that position now than I was when I wrote that paper. Yeah, of course, that's also what I um, see. Yeah. I just want to I will, I will get together with them afterwards. I'll insist on having a supervision. There's no point in me being there and saying, look, I noticed this moment. What was going on there? What did you see in the group? What did you see in the protagonist? What was going on in you? So I will, but I'll do that outside. I wouldn't do that in front of the others. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. Yeah, um, along you as a trainer and supervisor, um, you have a role of lecturer, right? At a university, School of Psychology. Um, yep. Yeah, how do you find that type of um, your work? <laughs> I think the question is more, how do they find me? Um, I'm the strangest thing I've ever met because I do work experientially with that group of people. And of course, that's a very tricky contract you've got because most people don't come to reflect on their own functioning. It's way outside what they'll usually experience in universities. Like I noticed in your interview with Daniela, she spoke about um, there's not many universities have courses on psychodrama. And the contract that students have with a university is so far away 
It's also so far away from our training of psychologists, our training of doctors in Australia and New Zealand, at least, and I think America and the States and Europe as well, less so perhaps in Europe, um, that we don't focus on the functioning of the practitioner at all. We're teaching them how to do things to other people. We're teaching techniques. It's, it's a very medical model, very 19th century. I'm a mechanic and I'll fix up this vehicle. <laughs> Whereas Marino was on about something much more vital and living than that, mm -hmm. in my view. <laughs> anyway, the, at the university, I had a great time. Some people couldn't stand what I was doing and I broke a lot of their norms and other people loved what I was doing. And, you know, it was radical shifts. There's expectation that at universities or school, you're more a listener, yeah. not an active participant. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Robert. Well, no, you're a, you're a vessel into which the fluid is poured. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you are, as a representative um, of Australia continent, yes, uh, and New Zealand. And, and New Zealand. Yes, yes. Do clean New Zealand. And New Zealand. Um, you have this uh, AN and ZPA, so Australian and Aotearoa New Zealand um, Psychodrama Association. I have looked that um, it's pretty popular and um, very developed, the psychodrama method in your area. So you have um, like small offices or not small, like offices in each state six well, in pretty Australia, small. Yeah, nine <laughs> in New Zealand. So it's very nice picture of it. And you, as a former president of this association, um, would you share uh, the general maybe position of psychodrama in your countries? Um, how popular is it? How people um, accept it? It's different in the different two countries. New Zealand has a government registration process for psychotherapists. And our training is recognized by that group in New Zealand. P-bands, um, Psychotherapy Board of New Zealand. And um, so we have representatives on that group that are very active and our training is accepted by them. PACFA, accept our training for registration, but PACFA is not, that's the Australian version of the same thing that I spoke of earlier, but it's not government registration like psychologists or doctors, yeah? And um, so it's got a different position in each of the two countries. Um, when I do a public demonstration or something or work with a group of professionals um, doing some professional development or something. Oh, I did psychodrama once and it changed me forever in this way, but it's too much for me. I can't, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. People like something a bit more easy to follow and more formulaic. And um, it takes most people, I, I say, how, people say, how long does it take to train? About 10 years <laughs> at least. And I was listening to Sharmini and she, I knew her when she started her training. And um, in fact, I went to New Zealand, uh, went to Singapore and ran a group for her early on and the organization that she was getting going. And um, it took her about 10 years, I think, to actually get certificated. And that's pretty normal. 
we only we've got about 250 people who are either certificated members of whom there are about 100 and about 150 i'm not sure exactly uh people who are in training we call them associate members and after about 100 hours of training we basically insist really that people become associate members some of that's an ethical consideration some of it is that if they're using the method then we say they need supervision if they're using the method in their work then they need to be supervised otherwise i mean psychodrama in some places in the world has quite a bad name um, people do it in a half-baked way and so uh, they trigger people like if you're working with somebody that's got a diagnosis of being bipolar and you maximize too much or you go into surplus reality they're likely to end up in hospital <laughs> and you know so it's got a reputation particularly in australia and i think also in the united states of being dangerous mm. well it's not dangerous with adequate supervision and adequate development in the practitioner <laughs> but it's often and as you know, it's been integrated into many other methods as well. But it has had a big influence on a lot of different modalities. Like here in Australia, most teachers were trained in sociometry in um, teachers college, about setting up groups and allocating kids to groups, dealing with the different um, things that rose in a group of students as you get them to choose. And, get rejected and all the rest of it so it's been very influential and it's got varying reputations because of that uh, have it, i addressed your question is, at all yeah if <laughs> it is taught for teachers um the sociometric methods it means uh in general the psychodramatic method is really good well rooted in australian system Yes, in some ways, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. in this... Um, it's certainly respected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's well respected. Mm. And this, um, there are offices of association in 15 cities, right, in Australia and New Zealand in total. So in each city there is trainings, right, and certifications running. No. Next week we were to have 16 people meet together in a lovely location up in the uh, Yarra Valley at the back of Melbourne. And we had two people coming from Perth, one from Adelaide, yeah, three from Sydney, um, three from Brisbane, and two from Wellington in New Zealand, as well as a bunch of us from Melbourne. I think it's one, two, three, four of us from Melbourne. And um, so we were all going to get together, all 16 of us next week and live together for a few days. And it's the annual faculty development meeting of Psychodrama Australia, which is the local institute. And there are a campus in every city, except for Adelaide at the moment, um, basically runs the training by having a campus in each of the cities. But you know, the, the director of training in Sydney lives in Brisbane. I'm about to become the director of training in Canberra, perhaps, and I live in Melbourne, um, and so on. So we, there's a bit of a, a lot of cross-pollination. Mm -hmm. The director of training here in Melbourne lives in Melbourne, originally comes from Wellington. 
Mm -hmm. um, one of the things dynamics that we work with is how much are we developing a very individualistic approach in each of the campuses and how much are we trying to unify the approach and that's what we're doing next week um, so we'll do a lot of our own work in that setting polishing ourselves up as trainers bringing some current issues that we have um, we'll also get together with the board of examiners and that's what's different with the american the board of examiners is appointed by the executive of anspa and it's a very stable group i was the executive secretary for a few years after Max Clayton. Max and Lynette Clayton were the founders of Psychodrama in Australia and New Zealand. And they did a lot of work right across Australia and New Zealand. And the association was formed in 1980. And uh, so the executive appoints the board of examiners, but it's a much more stable group. And there are four people on that. And they they're charged with um, overseeing standards, um, organizing assessments, and so on. Yeah, so and continuously developing and improving. Yeah. Uh, let's move to our blitz questions that most guests are, I mean, they like it mostly. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, so Robert, what is psychodrama for you personally? It was basically what I've done with my life, really. I've put a huge amount of work into the organization, into working with people. I've run weekly groups for most of my working life, self-development and training groups, as well as being, you know, putting a hell of a lot of work into um, the association as executive. I was on the executive for 15 years and part of that I was the president. So I've done a lot of unpaid work. So that's what I've done with my life. So it's your whole life, sacred drama, right? Yeah, has been and still is really. Going to the next question, um, I guess it was a very long time ago for you. But anyways, um, when was the time and how did you feel as a protagonist for the first time? I was trying to pin that down. Um, I heard about psychodrama. I was in a Gestalt encounter group. I was in a group with her residential group and she said, you should try psychodrama. I'd already done three or four years of group work training and working with and gestalt therapy and so on. But when I met psychodrama, the first real, you know, formal psychodrama workshop I was in was run by Max Clayton and Tom Wilson. And they came to Adelaide in 1975. There was 70 or 80 of us there. So I was a protagonist in that. Max directed me. Max was my main trainer. And um, he directed me in a dream. And it was like the dream, I love dream work. The dream came to life for me. And um, that was probably the fullest, that was the first experience. But the next one I had, I was directed by Zerka Marino at a workshop that she ran. And I was a protagonist with her. And um, at the end of that drama, she said, I don't think we quite saw the depth of you at that point. But what, I, what really came through to me at that workshop was the freedom that people had. Like, again, there were about 60 or 70 people. Max was running it, and Lynette Clayton was running it, and uh, Zerka ran that workshop. And um, I, it was just such a relief to be amongst such a diverse group of people with the playfulness you know, you know, what's the, 
most important thing in psychodrama. Uh, to me, it's the playfulness. Mm -hmm. And I've got this idea that unless work is done playfully with that spirit of freedom, it's all coming out of your coping system and you might as well, you know, not have done it. You need that atmosphere of freedom and creativity and spontaneity and a culture that can stand that. And developing that culture in a group is quite a work, of course. Yeah. But that was the thing that really struck me, and I loved it. Yeah, so you enjoyed the that, that freedom. Yeah, yeah, that freedom. Great. And also the depth. I love depth in people. Mm. So. Okay, and the last and one of the interesting questions is, if you met with Morena, what would you say to him? Look, I'd ask him some questions that I'm not willing to share about his life and how he conducted it. Um, but as far as talking about myself, I think I'd emphasize that spirit of playfulness as well as the bigness. I mean, I've got a somewhat spooky view of what Marino is. I think he's a voice from the future using current metaphors to express himself. So, you know, when he talks about Taylor, he talks about attraction and repulsion. They're 19th century physics, you know, even in his day that had it. But they were metaphors that illustrated something of the truths he was trying to communicate. So I think he, it's his vision of the future and the collaborative mutuality, which is individuality as well as uh, constructive working together. So, you know, he said somewhere, I think, um, something about an aim of psychodrama is for you to be able to reverse roles with every other individual. Well, you know, when it comes to some politicians, I find that a bit of a challenge, but um, I think it's very important. So it's that mutuality, the ability to establish tally, um, absolutely precious things that if oh, I'm going to cry in a minute, I'm, you know, it's very moving to me that these things are in my life. Yeah. out of a fairly restrictive, conservative, Anglo-Adelaide background. Hmm? It really touches you and um, you're feeling some gratefulness that you have psychodrama in your life and this yeah. Yeah, very much. kind of experience, yeah. Yeah. I'm really thankful that you shared your, your feelings and um, yeah, mm -hmm. I see that it's coming really deep from you. And um, by listening to you and uh, psychodrama in Australia and New Zealand, um, I, I can't be sure what, but I really feel that um, it has some different vibe over there um, compared to what I met in other countries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a really nice talk, Rob. Um, I was well, thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, so here comes the end of our podcast season. I am grateful for everyone who was a guest, who listened, who supported the idea. I had a very wonderful conversations. I met um, beautiful connections and people. I'm not sure if there will be a second season of this project. But we'll see. Um, I'm open for your suggestions, ideas, and any feedback you can write to me. 
so I wish you to stay healthy, stay safe, and I love everybody. That's your nomad girl. Thank you.